0: Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McInniff.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. My name is Ryan McInniff. I am here with Janet Janet, how are you today?
0: I'm good. I'm one of those rare people waiting for the first snowflake.
1: Absolutely. And on this podcast, crazy kind of comment, but on (laughs) this podcast, we talk about education and tips in education. What do I always say? Education and information about senior care topics. Yep. All right, excellent. Drank some water. Now Janet might not be uh, mentally ready to go through a podcast right now, considering she is looking forward to snow, Um, so you have to wonder if her mental capacity at this moment has not been compromised, but we'll just see how this one goes. There you go. But of course, we're going to get, I don't know, one to three inches, and one to three inches up in New England is nothing, it's a coating. It shouldn't be a big deal for 99% of people, but somehow it, it becomes a big deal, and The first flake
0: brings out the big flakes. It's just the way it goes. So,
1: today, what we're going to be talking about is five reasons why field supervisors matter. Um, This is something that um, we've never really gone over, but it's an integral part of the home care business. And I would say if uh, you don't have, if you are looking into getting home care and somebody says that they don't have field supervision, uh, then I would question if you want to use them for home care services. Um, mainly just because you need to have eyes and ears, especially when you're putting somebody into a home where it's the second most vulnerable population in this country. Uh, Some people live completely alone and isolated. Um, Family members don't live far away. You need to have eyes and ears in there on some sort of regular basis to make sure things are going as smoothly as possible. Doesn't guarantee that they're going to be smoothly as possible, as we all know in life, there are no guarantees. But at least you're doing your best to make sure you eliminate any of the major issues. So, you know, I came up with this list, so I'll bounce off the first one, and then and the the first one that I kind of felt like with this that I wanted to go into was discipline. Uh, Humans, beings, in my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's more. My, of course, my opinion is scientifically backed up by some study somewhere. There you go. But I have to imagine that it's been shown that that I feel that humans have a habit of pushing limits when nobody is around. You know, only doing what's expected of them after it's been uh, noticed. Things like that. Things when you you come up with a care plan. You need to um, follow that care plan, and sometimes the edges get a little bit frayed, if we will. What do you think yep. about that? Jean? Or
0: doing extras that you shouldn't be doing for one reason or another. And uh, in terms of discipline, too, people are creatures of habit.
1: Absolutely. So
0: when Good we, and bad.
1: When we talk about discipline, now we're not talking about necessarily egregious things that are going on. But, for example, um, wearing inappropriate clothing. Um, and what we mean by that is not like halter tops and bikinis. What we mean is you're showing up to somebody's home in ripped jeans and a I love New York shirt or a, a Heineken shirt. I've seen that before. Now, a caregiver shows up in a Heineken shirt. Is it the end of the world? Are we sending them home? No, because a T-shirt is less important than the safety of a client. But you can know for sure that we'll be back there for the next four shifts that they have to make sure that their attire has changed. Um you know, forgetting quote-unquote name badges, you know, things like that that occur, um, not writing in the activity log or the activity book regularly so family members can see what their loved one's been doing on a basis. Those are the types of things where you need a field supervisor to go out there, look through it, make sure things are going well. And it's it's something that's, that's important. Now, there are bigger infractions that can occur with disciplinary uh, reasons for this. And, um, you know, one of the things that um, we've we've heard about and fortunately, I don't, I mean, I guess it could have happened to us. I mean, to be quite frank, we may have not known about it. But when you um, sign into an assisted living or a facility of some kind and then sign in at the time that you're supposed to be there and then you sign out immediately afterwards, but put the time that you were supposed to leave your shift and then you just walk out. Um, those are some of those disciplinary um, actions that call for somebody to get fired, but you don't know that that's occurring unless, one, the assisted living or the nursing home catches it, which isn't every single time. Yep. Or you have a field supervisor going out there and checking different um, different shifts and making sure that someone, well, where is the caregiver, what's going on. You make a simple call and they say, oh, well, I'm in the parking lot. Well, if you're not in here within 15 seconds, then you weren't in the parking lot. <laughs> um, Absolutely. You know, uh, there can be infighting between caregivers. Everyone
0: doesn't play nice in the sandbox.
1: You would be surprised how much infighting occurs. Um, And um, frequent call-outs, you know, uh, uh, on the phone, insubordination, no calls, no shows. Those are some of the things where you need to have somebody out in the field to do those disciplines. And I know I spoke a lot, but I'll let you kind of take over for a minute and kind of what your feelings are on, on disciplinary action and field supervisors.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we talk about things like people being late, subordination, things like that, um, that's not meant to scare people because, I mean, the reality is we see the same thing in the work environment. You go to the office and there's somebody that always sneaks in late, leaves early, takes a long lunch break, um, can't play nicely with other people, takes all the office supplies, whatever the case may be. And you you need to just have someone that has eyes and ears on things because just like little kids, it is amazing how when someone knows that someone's paying attention, they tuck in their shirt and they tie their shoes and they do what they're supposed to. And things like dress codes, um, you know, to your point, is wearing a T-shirt, that has something on it is that a safety issue? No, it's not. But with elderly uh, people, which is the the majority of our clients, you know, it is a respect situation. That's not the way they went to work, and we need to be respectful and live in their world. And talking about people being creatures of habit, if somebody leaves their towels on the bathroom floor at their home, there's a chance maybe they're doing it at Mrs. Smith's house and they're not even thinking about it. So we drop in and check in on even those kinds of things. A lot of it comes down to respect and just doing things properly. It's not necessarily because it's a safety risk.
1: Yeah, and and the other thing that occurs in these situations um, with these these disciplinary actions is that I would say the vast majority of clients that we have, and most people out there are reasonable people, Mm -hmm. and so somebody shows up in inappropriate attire, ripped jeans, or sneakers when they should be shoes, or, or whatever it might be. Okay, whatever. Like, I can live with that. All right, as long as the care's good. And then all of a sudden the caregiver's showing up five minutes late, then ten minutes late. Mm-hmm. All right, well you know it happened four times in a, in uh, two and a half weeks, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it's a bit more patterned, and then all of a sudden the caregivers found to be sleeping when they weren't shouldn't have been sleeping. You know, they maybe the person was taking a nap and they took a nap as well. And what ends up happening is that snowball effect of an eruption occurs where it's like the the sleeping was what broke the camel's back. And though that that's not a good thing, then all of a sudden there's the you as a as a home care company, you think you're trying to to resolve one issue, and then you find out there's multiple bullets being shot at you because you didn't know yep. what was going on.
0: You pulled a thread on the sweater. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and those things, you know, like I say, in any environment, those things can happen. But the thing is, aside from respecting the client, the caregivers then, if you do work with everybody, they, they have more respect for each other, and they look out for each other, and they support each other. And that's really what you want is yeah. a good working environment.
1: So the point is, is that if you can uh, you can eliminate those small issues first before they compound and become as together a you know they become a bigger issue um, with you know a, a bit of a laundry list of problems that are mm-hmm. going on. That's always a good thing. Is it a perfect scenario? No, you can't. You can't. But that's kind of what the reason of going out and seeing somebody once or twice a week is. Um, the number two reason why we think field supervision is so important, is field training. Um, that's a big one. And I, I can, you're you're into training, you like that. Um, field training, why is that important to be able to go out and do in the, the field training?
0: Well, people go through um, their home health aid, their CNA, whatever certification, and these skills are taught, and they're tested, and they come out with a certificate. You can um, then have umpty ump number of clients that never need certain skills they never had a catheter they never had something else and as a result like anyone you know if you haven't used something in a while you have to go back and remember what are the specifics or in some cases when it comes to transferring someone or or using certain equipment equipment changes over time and Hoyer uh, lifts are a perfect example of that. Um, different DME equipment, safety equipment, wheelchairs, things like that. And it's important that although the caregivers have the concept of what they're supposed to do, they need to know the nuances. And if they go in there and they're not confident in what they're doing, that's going to make the client anxious. The client could be perfectly safe, but that's that appearance of maybe a lack of confidence for some reason, um, you know, makes for not not the best visit, and that's not what we want to see.
1: And, and so the, that's an excellent point that, you know, much like riding your bike, you might be able to get it, but the first half a mile is going to be a little wobbly, you know, if you haven't ridden your bike in 20 years or whatever it might be. And it's the same thing with training, you know, like I joke around with some of my friends, like if you had a gun to my head, and made me do long division with something with more than three or four digits, I might not come out (laughs) of that room alive. I can't remember the last time I needed to do long division, since we all have calculators in our pockets at every moment of the, the day. And it's the same thing with somebody that's caring. They may have not changed a catheter in five years since their last training, and they just need a refresher course. And the other thing, and we've spoken about this multiple times, is that When you have a pool of caregivers, they might be working for you. They might be working for somebody else. They might have availabilities at different times. You'd be very surprised how often we call up caregivers and their availabilities can shift literally week to week. And what they are able to do because a job came in somewhere else or family members need some help or whatever it might be. And what I'm bringing up is it can be difficult to train. 50 people at a time, hey, 50 people come into the office, even if you had an office that big, which we don't, but 50 people come on into the office, let's train you all at one time, mm-hmm. good luck with that. It's it's never going to happen. You're going to maybe get six or seven people at a time. And then you don't know if necessarily those people are, <clears throat> excuse me, are going to ever be on a job that needs a catheter, right? That's Mm -hmm. not always the most common thing. So one of the benefits of having field uh, trainings and field supervision is that person can go out there and do the training for as many days or nights in a row until that person feels comfortable with being able to handle whatever situation that they're either getting a refresher course on or they're being trained on for the first time. And that's one of the benefits of having that uh, swing person, a field supervisor to be able to, let, to go out and do
0: that. Absolutely, because you get part time per diem people working in a 24 7, seven day a week business. So trying to pull them together, you got night shift, you got day shift, you got weekend shift, and, and trying to get them all together can be extremely difficult. And especially if you are supporting um, dementia situations. Uh, people can understand the basics of it, and I've been involved closely with dementia for years and years. But it still comes down to behavior issues or things that you see, or, or how to handle it, can be um, almost like a the opposite of one size fits all, and they need some one on one assistance. Yeah, for that.
1: And you can't. And and also, even if you were able to train everybody like that, they'd still need. You can't just train somebody once. And expect them to be an expert on it. Sometimes it takes multiple times, and that's what's the beauty of a uh, field trainer. Now, the next one is somewhat similar to uh, disciplinary uh, actions, but it was more, I felt it was more like supervision. And one of the things that, and, and that might come into the field training, but the supervision is having your field supervisor go out and make sure that a person's up to snuff with what they've been taught already, meaning maybe they've been doing uh, the cost to me for months and months and months, but they've been forgetting to do one specific thing that might be minor, but is important to do. And maybe that's not the best example, but maybe they've been doing something and then all of a sudden they, the, the care plan had been tweaked, they didn't realize it, and mm-hmm. there needed to be a bit of a change. And while it wasn't the end of the world, that was what was the preferable thing to do. Somebody's coming out, and just making sure that the what the caregiver is doing is matching up with the care plan. What the caregiver is doing is the right uh, task to be you know doing for the client.
0: Absolutely, you know, I right. I basically my my mantra is that the care plan is the recipe to bake the cookies, and there may be a reason that you're going to take the walnuts out of the cookie recipe or the chocolate chips out, and we have to make sure that everybody knows what the current recipe is. You can't just put it in the house and magically make sure everybody understands and uh, clients are changing through this whole process as well some people are fortunate enough that they're recuperating they're getting stronger whatever but many other people are declining so in terms of their safety how you transform those things are changing and just like uh you know when we do something every day we wouldn't notice a change as much as someone who comes to visit. And you've talked on a number of um, podcasts about, you know, family that's out of state and they show up for Christmas or they show up for Thanksgiving and, wow, mom or dad has changed. Um, when you have a supervisor going in, they're going to pick up on little things that a caregiver that's there every day may not notice as as quickly. My my best example is someone who's getting weaker. If the caregiver is transferring them every day, they may not realize quite the same way that that person is getting weaker because it's happening in such increments. And supervisions really help keep an eye on those things.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. And because of that, we'll go on to the next one. <laughs> so number four is communication. It, it also opens up a line of communication with the caregivers, because again, as we spoke about with, on, the, on discipline, you have somebody that might be alone in their home, they might not be able to communicate for themselves if they have dementia, or they've had a stroke, or whatever it might be. Somebody needs to be out there as a third-party representative to make sure that there's communication with the caregiver. We go through this all the time. We try to beat it over the heads of these caregivers. Call us for any reason. But yet, and I can't imagine we are in the minority here. But yet, we still come across situations where we ponder after we've hung up the phone, why didn't the hell the care call us? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why didn't they just pick up the phone and let us know that what well, this was going on versus this turning into a problem or you know you know making us look bad? Like you know that's part of the. The gig, we tell you every call us for anything changes or anything like that. Yep. So this also brings that that situation um, up a bit more where you have somebody that's out there that's reminding them, call the office, what's going on, what's changing, Is anything happening that we need to know about, and those are all things that um, you need to be doing for multiple reasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it may be a matter of somebody for what they've, there's been a medication change or now the person is going to be getting up earlier or sleeping later. The, we want to make sure the office knows that because if we're sending in a fill in or if we're talking to someone else, it's going to help on a case. We want to have current information. We also want to be able to give current information to family. If we notice something's different, there are times when the family has taken the client to the doctor, and maybe there's been some changes or whatever, and we didn't know about it. And, um, you know, the caregiver will go in and see that there's a different pillbox we want them calling us. We will follow up with the family. Was something changed? You know, and the more you you can't communicate too much, and there's something hung on the wall here that says something about one of the biggest misperceptions about communication is that it took place. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody thinks that somebody else told somebody. You know, you need to, to really ride herd on that.
1: Every single time we've had an issue, it's always been some communication. <laughs> the, communication failure. So, that's why it's so important, and 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 you know it is what it is. Yeah, you 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 do the best you can, but that's another part of it is that it's reminding them to communicate, and then it also allows somebody to be on site to sit down and talk with. Because we've all been in situations where you're you're on the phone and then you forget something, and then you're you you're writing an email and you you left something out. But also, when somebody's sitting across from you, you just get talking. And then you get explaining what's been going on, and then you jogs your memory. Oh, my gosh, I should let you know that I noticed X, Y, and Z. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, that's a good thing to let us know. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, and then the final one that I wanted to bring up, and it, it certainly isn't, it isn't um, the least important because it is really important. It's, it's also providing support to the caregivers that are out in the field. Um, one of the things that I think many home care companies struggle with and some just outright don't really care about is their caregivers and what they're mentally going through. And if you think about it and you, you're, you're, you think about it in your head, what, how would you like it? Imagine you were getting a brand new, somebody called you up that you've met, you know, many of the caregivers meet us three or four times. So it's not like they see us every single day they go through their interviews, they go through orientation, they come in and fill out their paperwork, we we know who they are, um, but a lot of our job is remotely through the telephone, and you've met somebody, you like them, they seem nice, but then they say, go out to this stranger's house, here's a little information about it, and do a good job. Well, that's not a whole lot of it. Imagine somebody told you that on your first day of working somewhere the job that you currently are doing to support you that your manager came in and said, "Hey, Janet, how's it going? Come on in here, sit at the desk and and you know you know pick up the phone and you know fool around with that that generations that we use for c r m and do a good job.
0: yeah, what like well, here's your job description." Make sure you meet all the standards. Yeah, thank you yeah. very much. And you're sitting there saying, "I wish someone had told me where the ladies' room was."
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, when you know what what we do is, we have the field supervisor go out there. There's interviews with people. The the clients get to interview the caregivers. The field supervisors go out and do a introduction meeting with everybody to make sure they know the care plan, the layout of the home, because the more you put, the more work you put into the front end of that case the better it's going to last on a longer timeline and and the likelihood of it being successful for both the client and the caregiver Mm -hmm. there.
0: And oftentimes, a lot of the tips, the pointers that we have are not clinical. They're, this is an antique dining room table. Make sure the caregivers don't put anything down on it. Yep. You know, it can be little, not little things. I mean, that was a significant thing to that family. And boy, didn't it make sense and wasn't the family pleased to see the caregiver come in and go and put their bag on a chair, even though that antique table is right in front of you? And if it was my house, it would be the first place I would dump my bag and my keys. Absolutely. You know? and,
1: so. and so, and then as, and our caregivers have told us that when they see us, when they see a field supervisor, they feel that they're not on an island alone. Exactly. That they have a company behind them and managers and supervisors that are, you know, you have a great saying that nobody should be worried about a supervisor as long as you're doing a good job. You know, as, as long as you're not being negligent, and you're doing what you think is right, you might get a talking to, you might get a new orientation on how to do things, the Mm -hmm. proper process. But as long as we feel that you're not being negligent, you're not lying and that you're keeping the, the safety of the client first and foremost in the front of your head, we can let, we can, we can retrain. We're okay with that. And, a lot of caregivers feel that, hey, somebody comes out, Make sure I'm doing a good job, looks up the book. I mm-hmm. can talk to them about issues I'm having with maybe another caregiver not doing her fair share of the laundry or not cleaning up after cleaning up after not putting things in the waste basket and taking them out after a shift after cleaning somebody, after using the bathroom. These small little things that, yeah. again, add up on their end that can start to fester and start to to, to uh, build momentum and anger and friction, and then a field supervisor or the owner or the director of client care goes out there and talks to him about it, all of a sudden the pressure is released a lot more yeah. versus it erupting and then there's infighting and there's, there's, there's a screaming match in a, a client's home or you know during a shift change or something like that.
0: Yeah, and it's especially true when you have a caregiver that has had a an assignment, maybe it was very involved assignment, but they had that assignment for a long time. They develop habits that were perfectly appropriate that that client um, did well with. Now they go to a new assignment, and some of what was perfectly routine in one house can be a pet peeve in another house. Does it mean that the person is doing a bad job? No, it doesn't. But they need support, and they need to be able to, to make some of those adjustments.
1: Absolutely. So it gives you an idea of what the field supervisors do, but again, they're not out there 24 hours a day. They're out at a case one to three times a week. Of course, it all depends on how often the case is, the hours of the case, the complexities of a case, and that obviously is a big determination as well. But at the end of the day, all of these things we're saying that a field supervisor helps with can still technically occur, with a field supervisor going out there, but it also means that they're much more likely to occur with no field supervisor at all. There's still the chance that there can be infighting, or that somebody could be, you know, doing the wrong thing, or somebody ignores what your rules are. But There's at least multiple you
0: know. caregivers and one's the favorite, yeah. and you know, you go through some of that.
1: But at least the field supervisor is out there trying to get a handle on things, understand what is going on, and then finally trying to. Uh, dissolve or 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 to uh, uh, what's a, kind of uh, you got a bomb that's ready to detonate and they, they are able to diffuse the bomb yeah. before it detonates or before it grows from a small bomb to a medium bomb to a large bomb. And when is it going off? When's the jack in the box going to pop out of the box? Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden everything goes kaboom. And then that's when, you know, you have clients that get upset, family members that are upset and stress levels go up quite high because you're yeah. dealing with people's care. So, uh, that's that's kind of the only thing i wanted to put to this it's not a guarantee there's no guarantee but at least there it shows that your agency's trying to put their best foot forward and making sure that some of these issues are uh taken care
0: of yeah and one of the challenges that that we have in the office and the field supervisors have is some people are reluctant to have them come to the house and they're they're not passing judgment they're not writing a report card on your mom or your dad or or whatever we're just trying to make sure everything's going the way it should and sometimes we have to call families or sometimes we have to explain to families because they're asking well why do they need to go out we have the caregiver my mother doesn't like a lot of people around so we have to kind of navigate and negotiate that sometimes
1: absolutely well and then you can only do what you can do in that situation so, so, and what I mean by that is sometimes we've had situations where field supervisors are not allowed. They don't want to deal with it. There's enough family around. And if that's the, the course of action, we, you know, we still say, hey, every, on a regular basis, the field supervisor needs to come out. But it doesn't necessarily need to be every week. So, right. the, you know, there's a compromise to be had there. So anyways, that gives you an idea about supervisors, field supervisors, and why they matter in private home care. Janet, thank you for your insight. My pleasure. All right. And uh, I guess you'll be the only one in, of the 83 million people that are happy to see some snowflakes tonight so <laughs> or tomorrow night or whenever it is tonight. So, anyways, thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a good day, and we'll catch you on the next one. Okay.